Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to this episode of Uncaged Heroes. We are so glad that you took the time from your day to just sit back and relax and enjoy some beautiful wisdom and information that we get the opportunity to share from all over the world. I am Stacy Johnston, honored to be here with you today, and equally honored to be here with my co-host, Cassie Collins. Cassie, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. It is a beautiful day here. Sun is shining, and I am blessed. How are you? The same. I'm loving this time of year. I think as the as the temperatures kind of begin to get cooler, people's hearts begin to get a little warmer, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. Right? I feel like the world is a little aggressive right now, and so I'm looking forward to the some of the calm and the warmness of the hearts that that comes with this time of the year. And uh, as always, I'm looking forward to this interview and this time that we have with this beautiful young lady we've just gotten to briefly speak to. So I'm looking really forward to her knowledge and wisdom today. So, Kat, when you look at this whole endeavor that we're doing, what what stands out to you on the day? About these conversations? Oh, yeah. Um, everything stands out to me about these conversations. <laughs> These conversations give us an opportunity to discover extraordinary talents in ordinary people and share their stories and put their name in the spotlight. And I, I don't know, I love it. How about you? I love it too. I think it's just really fun. We've gotten to meet the most fascinating people. And there's so much light and there's so much space right now being provided for people to just go, hey, I know what that's like. Come over here and get better over here from that. And I just think that's beautiful. So without further ado, let's bring our guest in and kick this show off today. We have a beautiful lady with us today named Devin Tomiak, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, but good morning and welcome to you. Thanks, um, Cassie and Stacy. I'm so happy to be here. And, yes, you pronounced it perfectly. Oh, yes, school for me today. There's one point. <laughs> All right. Devin, how about you kick us off, girl? Tell us, who is Devin Tomiak? What do you do? Why do you do that? And how can we connect with you? Okay. Um, Well, thank you again. Uh, So I like to think of myself as a suicide survivor turned youth resilience builder. So before I kind of get going, I, I do want to give a trigger warning because my story includes talk of suicide, which I know can be emotional for people. And secondly, I just want to tell you guys to just please interrupt me because sometimes I get rattling and don't come up for air. So just pop in at any point. Um, Is that good? Yes, ma'am. You just go. Okay. So almost seven years ago, my youngest brother, Grant, took his life. Um, He was 28, and he had never before threatened suicide, nor had he ever made an attempt He was uh, an incredibly successful guy in his career as a chef in Houston. He was adored by his family. He had a gazillion friends, and he seemed happy. There was, of course, more to it than that, but for all intents and purposes, Grant was a person who loved life and a person whom you'd never expect this from. Because he didn't have any glaring risk factors, Grant's death came as a massive shock to us, his family, you know, and everyone Mm -hmm. who knew him. He um, 
well, losing Grant rocked me to the core, but it was not just the fact that he would no longer be a part of my life. His death really undermined my sense of security in the world. You know, you think when someone has all the support and resources that he had, when someone's charming and successful and loved, you think suicide couldn't be an option. You know, you think that person is safe from such a horrible fate. But um, life is weird, and even those you believe to be immune from suicide, you know, aren't necessarily. So in the months following... So in the months following Grant's death, you know, I became ter- terrified that if this could happen to him, you know, what was keeping it from happening to my other family members and dear friends, right? Like my trust in my own judgment, my trust in other people, my trust in the world had just been turned upside down. Mm-hmm. So I ended up on this personal quest to understand. You know, I was reading, I was researching, I was soul searching, I was listening to podcasts. I was doing anything that would help me make sense, you know, of what had happened. And now all this was also kind of going down in the background of my life because day to day I was, I was momming. I, you know, I had a three-year-old son, and then I gave birth to my second son four months after losing my brother. So mm. as anyone who has young children knows, you know, I was like completely in the fray, and, and these boys were in my life. Um, and so as I'm trying to make sense of my brother's death, it's all in the framework of my kids, my kids, my kids, you know, and how do I prevent something like this from ever happening again? That's um, a lot of pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, well, it's just a lot, it's a lot of pressure and it's, there's no answer. There's no, mm-hmm. suicide is, is very complex and there's no one like solution and there's no why necessarily. But one thing that my research and my exploration did lead me to was the importance of resilience. And the reason why resilience kind of jumped out at me is because it's teachable. Um, Resilience is something we can work on actively to manage our own day-to-day mental health, and it's something that we can build in our kids. So, Yeah, so over the next few years, as my sons got older and I continued to learn more and more about resilience, I wanted to pass my learning on to them. And, you know, of course, modeling resilience in our own lives for our kids is hugely important. But sometimes, let's face it, we don't always pull it off. We make mistakes. You know, it's the whole do as I say, not as I do thing, right? Um, But it did occur to me that if we could talk to our kids about some of these social-emotional concepts that go into resilience, that was something, you know, that was like, something active that we could do and it had to be presented in the right way so ultimately I ended up getting my dear friend and a 20 plus year veteran of child psychology on board Dr. Amy Engelman and we created the Biggie's conversation cards which build resilience in elementary aged kids what and they're called the Biggie conversation cards they're called the Biggie's conversation the, cards and I love that Thank you. Yeah, they're um, they're fun and they're interesting and they're kind of different than other conversation cards because they're organized by social emotional concepts so you can choose what you want to talk to your kid about. And I call it kind of like a conversation card on steroids because the cards themselves are big. They're six inches by eight inches. 
and they are a, give it kind of a framework for um, an adult, a parent, a caregiver, a teacher to use at their discretion to kind of use however they'd like, but each card has probably four questions on it, talking points, illustrations, fun facts, history, science, all that kind of stuff. Wow, that's really cool. I am totally intrigued by that. Thank you. I'm so glad that you guys like it. Yeah, it, I, I really didn't find anything else out there like this. And with my own, with my oldest son, um, who's now a fourth grader, my youngest is a first grader, and he now is at this age where they're really perfect for, for him. But, you know, earlier on it was like my older son when I was developing them that I was, he was my guinea pig. And, and I, you know, the best way to reach him was kind of to pique his curiosity. You know, when kids are curious about something, that's when they learn, right, when they're interested. And so my, ta- my, my idea was to just hook them in with something maybe not, a lesson per se, but something interesting that would get them going and then say, oh, yeah, and by the way, let's talk about generosity or, you know, whatever it was. And, you know, it would be connected, but there was something more that would engage, you know, these, these children because they're, they're really for elementary-aged kids. So, um, you know, that's a fun age. And they're so, at that, at that you know, first to fifth, kindergartners even they they just want to learn 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 they're just insatiable like that so I just really kind of came at it from that standpoint how can people connect with you how can people I mean if they want to get some cards how could they go about that so right now they're being sold on my website Um, my website is thebiggiescards.com so you can buy them there and on social media um, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, and you, uh, my handle is at Biggie's Cards. Okay, perfect. So let's kind of switch gears here for a second. Throughout your journey and all of the things that you've been through and the lessons that you've learned, what is your definition of a hero, and who in your life would you define as a hero? Um, so I would have to say, that's a hard question, first of all, but I think my dad, and that's because, you know, he's, he's changed a lot over the years and he's got his idiosyncrasies like the rest of us. But I, what I really admire about him is that he makes it a point to talk to and engage and connect with everyone he comes into contact with. And it's actually something we kind of joke about because sometimes it's a bit overboard, (laughs) But it's actually a quality about him that I just truly respect and love. You know, this genuine attempt he makes to connect with people. So it's like, you know, whether he be looking for monsters in the backyard with his grandkids or whether he be making the gas station attendant laugh, you know, he brings people joy in small ways. Like he tries to connect. And, um, you know, social connection is at the top of the list of resilience building factors. So for me, I, I just think this quality is is really special and something that we don't, you know, personally, I don't always make that attempt. So seeing it in someone else is just, is really cool. When I was growing up, my grandfather would, we would go places, you know, we would be at the gas station and by the time we left, he'd have his legal tablet out and have their name and their birthday and their address so he could send them a birthday card and a Christmas card. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's amazing, and, and I think today it's like people are just in such a rush most of the time that we forget this. You know, we forget how important it is. 
Yeah. And it's not just important because it brings other people joy, but it, it fulfills us, right? You know, we have this innate need to connect and, and, and feel a sense of belonging with other people and other groups. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope that, I hope that your dad knows that you feel that way about him. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if he does, but I'm going to certainly have him listen to this podcast. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. You know, kind of, when you, I mean, Devin, I'm sorry, when you hear the word hero, we get this preconceived, from the time we were little, definition of a hero, and we see, right, the Superman and Wonder Woman and these big, huge, amazingly powerful people. And, and so many times what we've learned is our heroes are just like that. That's dad and it's mom and it's my grandma and my third grade teacher. These ordinary people that come alongside us in our lives and teach us something extraordinary. So thank you right. for sharing your dad with us. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, it's those little lessons in life, I think, that can be so – they're not little. They're hugely impactful. Um, oh, we absolutely. Kind of from these little moments. Right. They are because that, that ability to connect, I think, is one of the things that society is missing right now is people are afraid to connect and afraid to contact, and they're asking for permission for everything. And uh, what a beautiful trait to pass on. So, Devin, you have the most gorgeous story and, and full of, you know, and suicide is a hard thing to talk about, but I myself have lost more than one friend and, and companion in my life to suicide, and, and I, you know, you never expect it, right? The, I think the people that, that are going to go forward with that act most of the time you don't know. It's the people that reach out that don't really want that to be their path or reaching out for help. Those people that have chosen that, you don't know most of the time. And I think you have to make sure that you don't own that you missed something. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think you have to make sure that you don't do that. So what a beautiful story and what a beautiful recovery. And look what you've done to help so many people through your tragedy. So I honor that. Thank you for what you've done. When you look at your life and you look at what you've learned up to now and the path that you've walked, what's one life lesson you think everybody ought to know? You know, go out of your way to connect with people. Build your friendships, join clubs, help your elderly neighbor, you know, be kind to anyone you meet, pay attention to them, you know, try to make people feel good because, you know, obviously it's brightened their day, but like I said earlier, you know, you'll feel more connected, you'll feel more joy, you'll you'll feel like you're a part of something, and, and um, it's a need that I think we, we don't, it, you know, it's, it's a need just like food and shelter and water. It is so innately biological in us, and, um, you know, I think that's the kind of the tragedy of social media is that it's like this, it's this very one-dimensional type of connection, but it's the real day-to-day connection that really counts because you know we're humans and we have bodies we're not just like these like things on 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 the internet um we Mm. need to touch and feel and be able to bring someone a cup of soup when they're sick right so that's my my life lesson i love it beautiful i think if anything that what has happened in the last two years for me has taught me that one thing that I thrive on is human contact. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh, yeah. I think it's been a, it's been a good lesson in how important that is for everyday life. 
Uh, absolutely. It, it, it affects us mentally. It affects us physically. It affects us emotionally. It is all, you know, at the end of the day when we are alone and, we're, and we don't, we lack that kind of feeling of connectedness. It's, you know, it's, it's everything, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. So if there was a one-liner that you could put on a T-shirt as your message to the world, what would it say? I think it would say, you know, be empathetic. And I used to think that empathy was kind of like this hyped-up version of sympathy, right? It's just the ability to put yourself in another person's shoes. But to be empathetic means to be able to notice the subtle verbal and nonverbal signals that people give off that let you know what they need or want. So empathy is important because that is what enables us to connect to others. Hmm. I love that. That's That's a beautiful beautiful definition. One of the cool things that we have discovered, we've done 200 at least T-shirts, quotes. You know, we've done, we've asked this question and not one is the same. Oh, really? No, not one of them is even similar to the other. It's super cool. I'd I'd love to see your list. Oh, we have some. We're working on the list. Yeah, we're working on the list. We've decided really just in the knowledge that we've gained and the fact that we have 200 completely different statements of this is what I would say. Of all the words there are out there, this is what I would pick to say. Fascinating. It just would be like a closet of power. Right, Rocking, and no matter which one you walked out with, you just go, yes, today I can. <laughs> right. Just, they just, just power shirts like go kryptonite it's beautiful to see and so that's what we're working on we're working on putting a collection of them together so we can share those quotes and the stories behind them i mean the the, the definition the definition that you gave of empathy and the the reason why that's what you would choose there's so much knowledge and there's so much wisdom you know knowledge is acquired information all right those things we read and we do and we acquire this information and we get all this knowledge and wisdom is the utilization of that. Oh, that's amazing. And it is yeah. wisdom. It's beautiful. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your story. I'm sorry for your grief. But what a beautiful recovery. Right? You've given hope to so many people that there is life on the other side of that. Well, thank you guys for what you're doing because um, you guys are sewing connection, and and I think that y'all's mission is really is unique and powerful, and I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. So thank you for this opportunity to share my story. You are so welcome. The, the gifts just continue to just go around, right? If it's talk about pay it forward, right? That's what we get in this. So I would love our audience to remember that we are always brought to you by Guided by Grace and Enlighten Up. If you want to share your story, if you know somebody that you think we should talk to, or if you just want to have a conversation with us and banner how we model to the world what needs to happen next, reach out to us at herobuilder2020 at gmail.com. We would love to have a conversation with you. Let's uh, follow some tradition and get ready to close out. Kathy, let's have a final statement. How would you like to leave our audience today? I hope that 
everybody listening has gained something from this conversation. I know that I have. But I firmly believe that whoever needs to hear it will hear it when they need to hear it. So thank you for sharing your story and giving us your time. And I would also like to leave our audience with a challenge. Um, I challenge you to step outside of your comfort zone and introduce yourself to a stranger. It doesn't matter if it's in the gas station or at the library or the grocery store or just make contact with a stranger because you never know who needs your smile for the day. That's that's so beautiful, and I just want to throw in a short little story about my my nine-year-old now. He's um, got in the car after school, kind of, this is the first day of school, and he was really upset, and he was put in a class where he didn't have a single friend. And um, this was kind of foreign for him because he's been going to school with the same kids since he's two and a half. And so he gets in the car and he's all upset. He says, you know, I'm not in the, I don't have art with Keller or Jude or Graham and I'm so upset. And I said, Jack, you know, this is like this awesome opportunity. You know, just you, know, you could get to make new friends. And he said, you know, how do I do that? And I said, just go up and, and ask them questions. Like people love talking about themselves. And he said, well, that's so weird. And I said, no, it's really not. Like, you go up and say, do you play a musical instrument or do you play a sport? And, um, and I think it kind of does sound weird at some level, but it, it's, it's, people love talking about themselves and they love when people are interested in them and pe- they love to just get a chance to make connections themselves. And so I think, like, it, for whatever reason, it does feel weird sometimes to, like you said, step out of your comfort zone and, and talk to a stranger, but people actually love it. And he, now he's made friends in that class, and I'm just, like, so thrilled because it feels it's, it's one of those life lessons that I hope he takes with him. Like, yeah, you sometimes do have to feel weird in a moment, but it's so worthwhile. That's beautiful. I, I love the things that children do in the way they intercept the world. You know, and they're, they just have such trust so many times, you know? Well, what a beautiful thing. I love the hearts of the child. Kathy, what a beautiful challenge that you laid out to our audience. And thank you for that, that way to leave us today. Tana, we would be honored if you would, and I don't know why I want that to be your name today. That's the second time that I've called you by, by I called you the wrong name, and I'm so sorry. I don't know why okay, I want that to be your name. But, Miss <laughs> Devin, we would love it if you would bless our audience just one more time. Take the last 90 seconds. Take the stage and close out our show for us. How would you like to leave our audience today, my friend? You know, I think resilience is about connection, but ultimately it's about love. You know, connection and love are at the heart of the matter, the same thing really. You know, resilient people keep going, and it's because they love. They love themselves or they love something that keeps them headed forward. You know, maybe that something is bird watching or ping pong or being in service to others. You know, maybe they love another person deeply, but at the end of the day, it's love or connection or whatever you want to call it. You know, and then you've got resilience. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm.